Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. This is Stephanie Colden, and I am your host. And as promised, here is the episode. And I hope you find it as edifying and uplifting as I have found in doing the research, recording, and publishing of this episode. I love this gospel. I gotta tell you, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just a quick reminder, friend to friend, my Heavenly Father loves me. On November 5th, there is an online broadcast at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is for children, parents, and primary teachers. They're invited to watch a new friend to friend episode that will be made available November 5th at 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. And um, again, that's titled My Heavenly Father Loves Me, which will feature activities, music, and messages from the primary general presidency. So please make sure you check that out. And if you can't at that time, it will be recorded so you can check it out at your leisure. So if you're new, welcome to LDS Real People, Real Lives. And for my listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that the spirit is with you and can impress upon your hearts and minds whatever you need to be edified and uplifted this day. God bless, and here we go. I have been seriously contemplating this year and what to include in this episode. And my mind is all over the place, I gotta tell you, This year has been one for the books and it's been probably one of the most difficult in my entire life. And the reason being is I almost had a nervous breakdown and I never thought that I would be one of those people to say that. But I have been in therapy off and on my whole entire life trying to figure out what is wrong with me. Um, knowing that there's something just off, I could feel it within me, just not hitting the right therapists and getting to the right people. I finally found someone about almost three years ago who is LDS and it's taken time, but um, we were able to just 
get through a roadblock, but needless to say, that scared the crud out of me. And I could not believe that for the first time I was facing a mountain that I was afraid of. Typically, I'm not a fearful person and it scared the bejesus out of me, I've got to tell you. And I went into a turtle shell and I did not know what to do with myself. I was in a foreign land speaking a language that I had no ideas to what I was saying. And I was looking around myself, um, feeling like I was just in someone else's body and screaming from the inside, but nobody was hearing me. It was quite an experience, but it, I must be emphatic when I say and share this with you that the time that I have spent this year going through so much has also been an experience for me of just spiritual, intense spiritual growth. I can hear the spirit clearly. An example of that is normally I feel a warmth within my chest whenever I feel the spirit. And it's rare that it's this intense heat that kind of spreads through my body that happens occasionally. But normally when I feel the spirit, it's this kind of hum of warmth that starts in the middle of my chest and I can feel the spirit and I know through feeling what the spirit is wanting me to do and what the impressions are. Uh, this year, for whatever reason, the opposition, the challenges that I've faced, the growth that has taken place, again, this being the toughest year I've ever, ever remember going through, I can now hear the spirit clearly in my mind. And this is what the prophet is talking about, is fine-tuning our ability to be able to hear the language of the spirit. And this is truly like learning a different language. And we are blessed to be able to have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we can fine-tune this gift as we take it out and we play with it. We get to know it. We spend time with it. We make it our companion and we do our best to live a life where the Holy Spirit can spend time with us and teach us. So starting off this year, um, I'm probably not going to be in um, a consequential order, but just jumping all over the place. Um, we were able to make a breakthrough that was huge with my trauma. So that would have to do with my abuse from my abuser, the sexual abuse. And um, this was huge because um, part of the therapy for um, being essayed is um, being able to take away the emotion from the memories. So then the anger goes away. And this is part of the... Uh, just the malfunction, dysfunction that I have felt my whole entire life. Uh, the level of intensity and anger that I have lived with my entire life has been um, 
I have suffered and I hate it and I don't like it. I don't like being this person. I don't like the level of adrenaline that pumps the heart beating rapidly and so quickly and just what happens to my mind and my body and then inevitably my spirit and then the recovery time that it takes from going through this and as I've learned anybody who's been through anything that is traumatic and survives this is just kind of the trauma bond this is part of the trauma experience and um thankfully I have a very wise and a very spiritual therapist that has been able to uh, guide me along very slowly but we're getting there to be able to take the emotion out of um some of the memories so I can actually start recalling things and um It was just amazing to be able to recall things and not feel a jolt, not feel this um, intense anger, to not feel this desire to to exact retribution or revenge, um, and to just be able to process it and to work it through and to let it go. Um, It's been freeing, and it's... uh, It's a freedom and a liberty that I have not experienced ever in my life. I don't remember what life was like without this unbearable companion of anger that I've had my entire life because the essay started when I was very little. And um, I am so grateful to the Lord for bringing this uh, very meek, humble, smart, intelligent, and talented therapist into my life. Um, and that I could trust him and feel the spirit so strongly during our therapy sessions. But I have not been robbed of the refiner's fire experience through this process. It has been absolutely painful. Um, it has not been fun. It has tried and tested me. And um, the only thing that I can liken it to is that movie Flubber with Robin Williams. That is one of my most favorite movies that I watched with the kids when I had them uh, when they were little. And Flubber, I mean, that little sucker would bounce and it was all over the place, stretched to and fro, hammered, um, just knocked, heated. It was in the cold weather. It was put in every circumstance environment imaginable and still maintained its shape and integrity and ability. And um, that's kind of how I feel up to this point after about 10 months. Today is October 13th. And uh, yeah, after about 10 months, it's been uh, quite something to go through this. Um, and with the nature of my marriage and my husband and the things that he endures and goes through with his mental illness, a lot of this has been on my own, especially the first six months. Um, and so I've had to really learn to rely on the Lord, to fall back on him and to, um, use the things that the gospel teaches me to find peace and comfort. And that's been very hard for me. I have a very, very addictive personality and I am used to looking to the world for quick 
reprieve and relief, even though I know it's fleeting. And so I have been struggling with temptations and influences um, that are around me and things that are my own weaknesses and uh, working that through. So I have just been, I feel like, in my own personal hell this year. Um, But at the same time, holding my callings because my callings um, are what keeps me motivated to continue to serve the Lord. And this is what I want to say to those of you who are struggling and striving to um, remain true to the faith. You continue to do and to do what you can. Only you can decide when you can do more. And this is why it's so important that this journey remains between you and the Lord and that others around you reserve judgment on that journey and leave it between you and the Lord. It is okay to encourage. It is okay to support. Um, But we need to be careful that uh, we're not putting too much on the person that is already feeling overwhelmed. And so that is why it's so important that we can hear the Spirit because the Spirit will help us to know what that person needs to hear. You know, when we go to console, to comfort, and to be there for um, others, to serve them and to empathize and to share our compassion with them it's not to satisfy a need that we have it's to meet them where they're at and to be there for them to listen and to serve them so it's so important that we do our best to take the time to do some detective work see where their heart and mind is at and that we're meeting them where they are at just as much as Christ meets us where we are at And that um, we do our best to hear the Spirit and that the Spirit will guide us through that circumstance and situation. And then other than that, we just push forward in faith. And uh, we do the best that we can. And, you know, I've been in circumstances where I've served and I've ministered and somebody has chosen to be offended for one reason or another because of something I've done And here again, I just serve the Lord and I apologize. I do whatever is necessary that the Spirit guides me to do. And we just continue to push forward and be the legs and arms for the Savior. And I have had some very sweet sisters in my ward do just that. And I'm so grateful to them. Um, My husband... uh, man, it's been a lonely journey. And it was up until June. He was out mid-June and it was really, really hard on our relationship because I found myself pulling away from him because of his inability to support me and be there for me while I was going through my hard time. And I think that's pretty typical of anybody who has a mental illness when the other partner goes through their difficult time and is down, it's really hard for the, the partner who has the continual mental illness to be there for them. 
And that's kind of what we went through. And as time went on and the weeks dragged into months and the months just kept going on and on and on, it was really, really hard on our relationship and it was hard on our home and you could feel it. And uh, we were put through our paces. Um, This life is not for... um, the weak it's not for those who are going to quit and run that's for sure it's not for those who are oh I'm looking for the right words and my vocabulary is limited I'm sorry this life is for those who are I swear to goodness gracious God is trying to teach me how to be a pioneer woman And I think he's trying to teach all of us strength. I look around us and everything that's going on in the world. And that's the only deduction I can come up with is that he's trying to teach us how to be strong. How to be faithful. And how to hear him. How to live through the things that would otherwise sweep out our feet beneath us but that we can remain steadfast and steady through these storms and hurricanes and tempests that come our way and so I think I've spent probably the better part of this year falling on my butt literally on my acoli it's been I feel like me on the ground looking up and trying so hard not to feel sorry for myself and complaining and whining and not falling into the pattern of what was me and throwing myself a pity party and then doing the things that are going to self-sabotage because that's easy. We live in a world where it's easy Um, this world is the headquarters for Lucifer. This is the world that was wicked enough to be able to kill and sacrifice Jesus Christ. So just as much as this is headquarters for Lucifer, this is also headquarters for righteousness. And that is for the Savior as well. And so we have to remember that, um... Righteousness matches, if not outshines, the evil and wickedness that is here. And it's so important that we focus on the Savior. And these are the basic symbols that I would focus on, that I would remember and push and push and push and push. Literally every single day, every morning, get up. There were some days that I couldn't say my prayers. Other days that I would simply say, Heavenly Father, please help me. And yet other days that I could say prayers and I would just try. But for the longest time, I had this just numbness and it just lasted for a long time. And then we came to summer and summer is when things started to change. This truly was the the summer of change uh, as my husband was able to get off work from being a teacher and 
have that time to come home to spend that time with me and really put the time and effort into our therapy. I love my husband because he works so hard. He is a master at trying. I've never seen or met anybody that tries so hard. And he takes things very seriously when it comes to our marriage and when it comes to me. He has that ability when he's not working. When he's working his job, the anxieties from his job, it just takes up his own mind. So the summer he was able to devote his mind and his love and his effort and energy to our marriage, to finding that joy and happiness. You know, we've been together now for 11 years and we've had to learn how to enjoy each other's company outside of the world because you see we met in very worldly circumstances so we get into church and we have to make new correlations with the way that we do things that don't involve drinking because drinking and doing things that the world offers is a very social behavior Um, And so this is what we spent time doing is finding new things that we like to do. We definitely like to be home. We have converted our home into a place of serenity and paradise for us. And we did this uh, way before the pandemic because of my husband and everything that he goes through. We wanted our house to be a place of zen and paradise for him when he came home where he could heal, where we all could heal from the um, travails of the world. And we just kind of fine-tuned that through the pandemic as we spent time here at the house and did some DIY projects to make it more comfortable. And we continue to make our home a place of uh, basically our temple where we can worship the Lord and we can see the beauty that he has created in this earth and given to us and that's what I see as we work together to create this paradise in our home and our property is the beauty that Christ has given to us to have while we live out this time here on earth in this probation this probationary um, experience but my husband and his devotion his commitment and his conviction Uh, to his covenants is what made all the difference in the world. I was surviving and holding on by a thread. My prayers were one that uh, basically were like, help me. Um, I talked to the Lord all day, but uh, didn't really know what to say. And so um, it's just whatever came to my mind. And I needed a lot of help from my husband to heal because you see he's my gift for the Lord for a life that has been hard through my choices through other people's choices and then through the choices of the Lord he knows what I need to experience in order for me to be refined for me to become and to be all that he knows that I can be and what I can learn After all, he remembers who I am. I don't, who I was in the pre-existence. And so that's why I need to trust him and lean upon him. 
And so he gives me this gift in my husband and he truly is a healing balm for me when he can give me his time, his heart, his spirit, his faith and his love. And that's what he was able to do this summer. And then through therapy, we were able to fine tune our relationship to um, take some stress off my plate that he could help me out a little bit more with um, the tasks and the responsibilities, not just around the house, but with the family, with his dad, and that it could be more of a partnership. And man, what a sing-song experience that became to have an actual partnership where we were doing things together as a team and he could devote time to that and to my care just as much as I devote time to him and his care and um, it was really needed I was able to start healing and it is my husband through my gift that the Lord has given me that I was able to start healing uh, from this terrible, terrible year of just mental agony and illness and depression and being pushed beyond what I feel are my abilities and then also learning what my boundaries are to... uh, live within my boundaries. I think right now we're living in a world that's just filled with utter chaos. And one of Lucifer's master tools is to distract us and to keep us distracted. And he does that. He does that in so many ways, especially when it comes to our emotions. And with me, he knows that the best way to get to me is through my husband, my children, my family. And it's just constant. We have constant things going on in our family and I was being consumed. I could not compartmentalize. I could not find a balance and it was just eating me up because my adult children were making decisions that the consequences on their lives were just so great that the sorrow as a parent, it just took me under. But it wasn't just that, it was the I was just being beaten up by life um, recognizing for the first time that I am slowing down I have always been somebody that's been able to take care of anything and everything and go 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 um, I've been able to work and function um, on very little sleep and I've been able to do this my whole entire life This year, I'm turning 50. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be 50 years old in a matter of a couple of days. And things have changed for me. Um, Just as much as my marriage is so rewarding and a blessing to me spiritually, temporally, it has been... I feel like I've aged a lot in the last 10 years because the opposition... There must be opposition in all things. The challenges, the mental challenges of our marriage, the mental illness that resides, this is a third person that we deal with in this marriage, in our home. 
And the challenge of that is so great that I feel like I have aged exponentially in the last 10 years. But also, too, I have grown spiritually in ways that I could not have grown if it was not for the last 10 years of these experiences. And so I have to lean and trust in the Lord. And what was happening is I was becoming fearful because I was recognizing that I was slowing down, that I wasn't able to handle things like I was uh, used to able to handle things. And it was frightening for me um, because I've never really had anybody that was a partner that was in it. So everything's always been on my shoulders and I've always had to rely on myself And if I can't rely on me, who do I have? So what has the Lord taught me? And I know that you're thinking it because I'm thinking it. And it's happened. To rely on the Lord greater. And it's so interesting because you learn these principles that are taught in the gospel. You think you understand them and you apply them to your life. And then lo and behold, you go through an experience and a time in your life where you've come to understand that doctrine or principle deeper with greater understanding and you're able to use it with a greater depth and application in your life. And that's what's happened with me. So when we talk about allowing God to prevail in our lives, when we talk about waiting upon the Lord, when we talk about um, waiting upon the Lord's time and allowing Him to prevail in our lives and to have faith, this is what He's taught me this year, and it has not been easy. I have been pushed and prodded and stretched in ways that I don't ever want to go through this again. I don't want to ever have this experience again. And I swear, if you would have told me that this is what's going to happen this year, I would have run the opposite direction. Literally, I would have run the opposite direction. But now that I look back on the last 10 months or so, I see how in my times of utter despair and hopelessness and confusion, and just tiredness, just so much. I've never felt so much fatigue and exhaustion in my life. And this too, I think, is a tool of the adversary. So we must be vigilant about our resilience. Are we being emotionally resilient, mentally resilient, spiritually resilient? Are we setting boundaries? Are we recognizing that we cannot run faster than we can walk? And this is something that I must remind myself of all the time. But the greatest gift of all are the blessings and the miracles that the Lord has given to me in the last 10 years of my life because of my desire to come unto him, to accept his invitation. Yes, Christ has always been there for me and you. He loves us continually without fail. But it's when we accept that invitation to come and follow him 
to disciple, to worship, to be active in that following and worshiping and discipleship, that the greater blessings follow, that we can see him in the details of our lives. And this is the experience that I'm having. This last summer, my husband tended to me as if he was Christ himself. And this is how the gospel works in a perfect circle. He's given an opportunity to serve his wife. And while he is serving me as a priesthood holding man who loves the Lord, he too is also being healed. He too is also being blessed and shown and taught and talents being added to him. This last therapy session on Saturday, we see our therapist every Saturday for an hour and a half for two different therapy sessions. And um, for the first time in the 11 years I've been together with my husband, I heard him say, I'm actually able to get my OCD under control a little bit. I about fell off the couch. I couldn't believe it because his OCD is vicious. It's unrelenting. His OCD is probably more present than my husband is. And to have that happen, to have him say that, for me, that's nothing short of a miracle from God. And it is a blessing of the work that my husband has done for me this summer, for his devotion to his covenants, his conviction to the Lord, and his commitment to his faith. So I'm grateful that my husband was able to be my rock when I needed him to be, and that I can be his rock when he needs me to be. It's not 50-50. It's not equal across the board. And yet we see in the world, everything wants to be equal. We hear equality, equality, equality. But I would say more often than not, I have to do it for my husband. But I don't sit there and say, well, I do it for him 68% of the time, and he only does it 32% of the time. So he needs to meet me 50% of the way. And you know what I mean? That's just not how the gospel works. I trust in the Lord and I trust my husband. And I trust that he'll get there, whether it's in this life or in the next. And I trust that the Lord will give me the energy. And I'm grateful that my husband was able to live the gospel and to be my companion as we truly are taught in the gospel of Jesus Christ, as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this is my witness, and this is my testimony. I wanted to share a story of a friend of mine who is actually a friend to everyone. He's one of the uh, best missionaries I've ever met. Um, He is a great representation of the church and the true teachings of the gospel. His name is Dennis Schleicher, and he can be found on Instagram 
Um, he is a uh, part of the LGBTQ community, and he is an active member of the church. He is um, very active in the missionary program, and um, he does go across the country and give uh, firesides and talks, but he's also written books. And I just love him because I love his faith. Uh, this is a man who has received a lot of uh, hate for being a gay uh, LDS member who has overcome this hate using the gospel in his life and has been a true example to me of courage and bravery um, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He recently was being accused of some very horrible things. He's got a very close relationship with uh, Marie Osmond. For some of you who may remember her, she comes from a very famous family who is LDS, and uh, they are very talented musically and uh, live in Utah. Some of them live in Utah. Um, and he had developed a very close relationship with her. Um, there was some fake news that was being posted about him and her that was just horrendous. The news was to um, basically defame his character and hers and to make the church look ridiculous and stupid. And he had gotten wind of this because he is in the news uh, quite often and talked about quite often um, being probably the most... Um, public gay member of the church or publicly recognized um, LGBTQ member of the church. And um, you can find his account on Instagram at Den, D-E-N, Schleicher, S as in Sam, C-H-L-E-I-C-H-E-R. And um, I'm not going to go into details about it, but he had written a book called are you nuts why a gay man would become a member of the church of jesus christ and since then the onslaught from the opposition has been continual um and this is no different uh he's had somebody come after him and say some horrible things about him and kind of draw in marie osmond's name and character into what this person was saying and was able to post and get out there, um, but also included a, uh, I believe that she is a uh, investigative reporter, maybe for, I think she might be um, a reporter that uh, is freelance, but she tends to work, or at least submit her work a lot to the Salt Lake Tribune. So, and her name is Jana Reese. I'm going to go ahead and share this post. And Dennis says, We fight back by leading by example, standing our ground and marking convictions. As Christians, we want to explain more about our faith to help unite people of all faiths who believe in Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And this is another thing I enjoy about Dennis is that he uses these opportunities um, to really explain the gospel. As all of our beautiful and loving Catholic friends are led and guided by a Pope, we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are led by a living prophet and apostle called of God. We no longer refer to ourselves by the nickname Mormon, but use the full name of the Lord's Church. 
the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am passionate about sharing messages of love, hope, and kindness to counter unsubstantiated attacks against my friends or me. We believe in Jesus Christ and his atonement for all of mankind. We believe that we can be forgiven and have eternal life through him. And we also believe in the Bible and the Book of Mormon as both contain the word of God. The Bible is a witness of Jesus Christ and the Book of Mormon is a record of God's dealings with the ancient inhabitants of the Americas. We believe in continual revelation, which means that God speaks to us today through his living prophets. And these prophets give us guidance and direction for our lives. We often don't fight back when we are criticized in the news and we lead by example, standing our ground and continuing to press forward through acts of kindness and service to others. So today's message is about loving and accepting all while standing for truth as Jesus did. 1 John chapter 4 verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12, we are to treat others the way we want to be treated. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, most importantly, we are to love our enemies and this is how we change the world. He says, yesterday was a rough day. What a week it has been. I refuse to believe the fake news. Others are writing about me, my friends, and our church. It's not just my situation. Social media is full of false information these days. Don't believe everything you see online and trust yourself in your judgment. I'm Dennis Schleicher and I approve of this message. I love his fierceness for the gospel of Jesus Christ and his conviction for the Lord. I love you, Dennis. A talk that the prophet gave at this last conference that I think is very appropriate for this episode is Overcoming the World and Finding Rest by President Russell M. Nelson. And it was from this last October conference. And he says, Find rest from the intensity, uncertainty, and anguish of this world by overcoming the world through your covenants with God. So he's teaching us how to be covenant keepers and exactly what that means and how to use um, the power that comes with being covenant keepers. Uh, Let's see. First off, President Nelson assures us that Heavenly Father and His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, love us, that they are intimately aware of our circumstances, our goodness, our needs, and our prayers for help. We must believe this and know this, feel this in our bones, for it is so true. It's so important for us to feel their love for us and to believe in all they do for us if we have a chance and heck of surviving these latter days. The prophet has promised us that in the coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. Between now and the time that he returns with power and great glory, he will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles upon the faithful. Please be believing. We have so much to look forward to. And this is the part of the plan we need to focus on. So how can we find rest in the midst of the turmoil? In our Savior Jesus Christ, 
is how we find rest. He promises us, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what is he teaching us in this verse? What is he wanting us to know? When we keep our covenants, it actually makes life easier. It gives us access to increased power from heaven above. Please think and ponder the stunning truth the prophet says. It is the power that strengthens us to withstand our trials, the temptations and the heartaches that we inevitably face here on earth. The power of heaven that eases our way. When we live the higher laws that are given to us by Jesus Christ, we have access to the higher power of heaven. Thus, covenant keepers have access to a special kind of rest. Isn't God wonderful? And he truly has thought of everything. I stand in awe. He has not left us destitute. And he has not left us alone. He loves us so much that he has provided us places of peace and power. And just as Christ has overcome the world, we, you and I, we can too. We must believe and then do. As the prophet teaches, because the Savior, through his infinite atonement, redeemed each of us from weakness, mistakes, and sin, and because he experienced every pain, worry, and burden you have ever had, then as you truly repent and seek his help, you can rise above this present precarious world. You can overcome the spiritually and emotionally exhausting plagues of the world, including arrogance, pride, anger, immorality, hatred, greed, jealousy, and fear. We can have relief and peace and the Lord. End quote. I need that, don't you? I need this peace that he promises and this relief. So what does it mean to overcome the world and how do we do it? How does overcoming the world bless our lives? It means overcoming the temptation to care more about the things of the world than the things of God. I'll never forget hearing a talk or somebody was uh, bearing their testimony and they said that they often remind themselves that they are here to please the Lord. They're not here to please the people that are around them. They're not here to please, um, you know, their peers or coworkers or necessarily their family and friends. They're here to please the Lord, to serve the Lord. And he comes first. And that's just always stuck with me. Who am I here to please? Um, overcoming temptation to put people before the Lord. Uh, to care more about things of the world than of God. It means trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men. And how often do we get into debates with other men and women about the philosophies of men and women? It means delighting in eternal truth and denouncing deception, becoming humble followers of Jesus Christ. 
and it means choosing to refrain from anything that drives the spirit away, and that including that includes debates, that includes contention, that includes arguing. It means being willing to give away even our favorite sins. What's your favorite sin? Mine is Diet Mountain Dew. I also have some very favorite curse words. I am hot-headed on the road. I can't say that's my favorite sin, but it's one of the biggest challenges that I face, especially because I'm on the road a lot. But it's also taught me a lot of patience because it is something that I deal with and that I actively work on. So overcoming the world certainly does not mean becoming perfect because we know that perfection just does not exist in this life. Um, Nor does it mean that your problems will magically evaporate and go away because they will not. And it does not mean that you won't still make mistakes because you will. And sometimes more often than not, you're going to make the same mistakes over and over, even after you've asked for forgiveness. But overcoming the world does mean that your resistance to sin will increase. Your heart will soften as your faith in Jesus Christ increases. And overcoming the world means growing to love God and his beloved son more than you love anyone or anything else. So how then do we overcome overcome the world? Now, King Benjamin taught us how. And this is why the scriptures are so wonderful and we need to study them daily. He said that the natural man is an enemy to God and remains so forever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord. So each time you seek for and follow the promptings of the Spirit, each time you do anything good, things that the natural man would not do, you are overcoming the world. No matter how small or how big, you are overcoming the world and it matters. It counts. And God and Christ see it. Overcoming the world is not an event. It doesn't happen in a day or two. It happens over the length of your life. It happens day in and day out. As we repeatedly embrace the doctrine of Jesus Christ, as we cultivate faith in Jesus Christ, and we do that and we cultivate faith by repenting, repenting daily, keeping covenants, those covenants endow us with power and we stay on the covenant path and are blessed with spiritual strength when we are on that covenant path. We're also blessed with personal revelation, increased faith, and the ministering of angels. I need those angels ministering to me. I'm sure you do too. Living the law, being obedient, in exchange for all of these wonderful blessings and miracles, all of this help, isn't it worth it? Living the doctrine of Christ can produce the most powerful virtuous cycle, creating spiritual momentum in our lives. The Savior lifts us above the pool of this fallen world by blessing us with greater charity, humility, generosity, kindness, self-discipline, 
peace and rest. I need all of the above, all of it. We can do this, and we can do this with the Savior. We can do this with the Spirit. We have been given the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you may be thinking, this sounds like it's really hard. There's a lot of hard work, more work than rest. But here is the grand truth the prophet shares. While the world insists that power, possessions, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh bring happiness, they do not, and you probably have already learned that, and they cannot. What they do produce is nothing but a hollow substitute for the blessed and happy state of those who keep the commandments of God. The truth is that it is much more exhausting to seek happiness where you can never find it. However, when you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ and to the spiritual work required to overcome the world, He and He alone does have the power to lift you above the pool of this world. Christ. He loves you. And He's there for you. He will meet you where you're at. And through your desire to be obedient, to keep your covenants, to seek and live after Him, He will come through for you. You'll be able to tap into that higher power. And I want to leave you with this quote from Elder Bednar that has just been so comforting to me, along with this talk from our prophet and overcoming the world through our covenants. Elder Bednar says, as covenant-making and covenant-keeping disciples of Jesus Christ, we can be blessed to take courage for the Lord is on our side and pay no attention to evil influences and secular scoffing or mocking. And I am grateful for that teaching, Elder Bednar, because I feel so consumed very often by this. I love this gospel. I love my savior. I love the temple. And I'm grateful for this gospel plan. I know that God, our heavenly father, has thought of everything. And I trust in him. I am looking to trust in him more perfectly, but I know that until the day I die, I will continue to struggle, but I will just continue to work on getting better and better at trusting him more perfectly. And I'll leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope this episode has been what you needed it to be. Uh, You all have been on my mind and my goal is always to be of service, to help in any way that I can, to keep you in it, to keep you in the faith and growing and enduring. And please don't forget, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at Podcast. You can DM me there. You can always email me at LDS Real People Real Lives at gmail.com. 
I'm also on TikTok at LDS RPRL podcast there as well. And um, I definitely will be doing an episode for November as well. So if you have any questions, any feedback at all in this episode, any thoughts, I love to hear from you guys. Please do share. But in the meantime, I hope that this episode has been nourishing and this last general conference can be the legs and the stilts that you need to keep you going. Please remember to be faithful, stay healthy, stay well, and most importantly, stay faithful. It's so key. It is the secret ingredient. And please, please remember to be kind for everyone is truly fighting a hard battle. Until next time, much love and God bless.